They say every watch tells a story. Family. Moments. Lifetimes. With La Terrain, this is a watch that spans generations, not just from where it came from, but for where it will go. Knowing one of these, having one of these, is what? Being a professional, being casual, and being you is all about. From our family to yours, La Terrain. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Air Red Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and it's a little different scenario today. First off, it's 15 degrees here in Oklahoma City, and if you consider it the wind chill, it's actually minus two. So nonetheless, there's about roughly, oh, so about what, seven to nine inches of snow right in my front yard. So nonetheless, a cold day in Oklahoma City, in the state of Oklahoma, but nonetheless, it's a... It's a hot one here in the studio because it's going to be a good episode. Uh, real talk, unscripted, unfiltered, 100% on thick is what you're going to get today. Jamie's out sick. She hopes to be back next week for her uh, inaugural uh, Air Attack co-host episode. So uh, continue to keep her in your thoughts. But nonetheless, I got a huge honor of having Coach Tom George joining us today. He is the CEO of QB Impact. We'll talk more about that <clears throat> during the show. And, of course, uh, more importantly, 25 years of the uh, – he spent his time in the United States Navy and coach. First of all, thank you for your service. Coming from a military family myself, I applaud you for your service, and uh, thank you so much for your sacrifice for this great country. Man, I appreciate it, Mike. Uh, first, I want to say, uh, obviously, uh, thanks for having me on the show, man. I'm uh... – uh, you know, it's it's not a cliche for me when I say I'm humbled and honored to uh, for you to give me the opportunity to speak and to be honest with you, for you to uh, for you to want my view on things, man. I like I said earlier, I, honestly, I don't deserve it. Um, and uh, but I'm grateful and I appreciate it. And uh, I, I'm I mean, I'm grateful that you thank me for my service um, and you coming from a military family. I, I, I also appreciate and, and I'm thankful. But. You know, that's not why I served, um, you know, so although I'm grateful for it, it's never necessary. Um, but uh, but again, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And uh, I know a lot of people, they always ask for some reason, I guess, for uh, proof. But here's my grandfather's. There it is. Yeah. Awesome. Um, awesome. 22 years in the United States Air Force, Vietnam and Korea. He spent some time. So uh, nonetheless. I appreciate it, and uh, as always, you know, I'm I'm excited for you. I'm glad to have you on. I know Wong talked you up really good, Coach, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dang it, dude, I got to get him on then. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know if Wong talking me up is a good thing or a bad thing to be honest with you. But uh, um, again, man, I, I, Wong's a great guy. We have a he has a unique story on 
on on why he's an American and how he's an American and his story people need to hear. And, uh, and you know, so I, I think at the end of the day, you know, I've always believed that if you surround yourself with good, humble, selfless people that, you know, it's going to be all right. And, and Wong's one of those guys that, that I, I choose to have coffee with and surround myself with because I know he's going to make me better. And, uh, and so, yeah, man, I, I, I hope I live up to it. Uh, <laughs> but if not, it's Wong's fault. Don't forget that. <laughs> Hey, I'll, I'm, I know he's watching the show. I'm sure he'll chime in here shortly, but uh, yeah. I'll make sure that if it goes south, uh, he'll get the blame on this one. Well, you know, here's the thing, right? Wong is truly my Asian brother, right? So, so if he does, if he does uh, chat in, uh, you know, I'd, uh, it's 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 Chinese. You know, February first is Chinese New Year, so mm -hmm. so uh, you know, we had a little conversation the other night about it. So yeah, anyway, love that guy. So. Um, um, I'm, I'm glad we connected through Wong, man. No, I am too. And and uh, first things first, Coach, tell the uh, listeners a little about yourself. Who is Tom George, the the man that we see, of course, on the field at QB Impact, which we'll talk more here uh, throughout the show. And, of course, we know that your military background, but who is Tom George for the listeners? Uh, you know, I uh... – who is Tom George? You know, I'm not sure I've ever officially had to answer that. You know, um, um, I believe that I'm I'm real and that I'm true and that I'm I'm unfiltered. Um, I I I believe that I try to understand um, everybody, um, regardless of of belief. You know, some people some people like different things, and I I try to be somebody that tries to tries to understand and. And uh, not be judgmental. I'm not perfect, um, but you know, I've always through the military and keep the impact. Um, man, I've always been a guy that just wants to give. To be honest with you, man, I, I, I um, you know, sometimes it can get irritating, and and I think I, I think I'm an overly positive, optimistic person, and I, um, I believe that your energy um, not only affects you, but it affects your surroundings and. And, you know, we choose every day to either give or take, right? And, and I mean that through your energy and your, your how you act through your day. And, you know, if you if you wake up and you're an idiot and you're potting and you're a victim and you have bad energy, man, you're taking. Because at the end of the day, you're taking from other people, right? Um, if somebody sits next to me in the coffee shop with bad energy, he's actually taking from me because uh, he's actually getting, ruining my day. Mm -hmm. um, so... Man, I try to be optimistic. I try to, I try to show up. Um, um, you're always going to get everything I got from an energy perspective, and uh, you know that's always been my mantra in the military. You know, I've, I've made a ton of mistakes. Not every mission was successful, but I feel like everybody that I led believed that I gave them everything I had every single time I had the opportunity. So, you know, I, I think someday when. Uh, you know, when my time is up, I hope that anybody that crossed my path said that, uh, you know, he made me better and he, he gave it to me. You know, he, you know what I'm saying? I, I just, I, too many people waste time and mm -hmm. I waste time, man. I try to give you what I can when, when, when the time is right. So, you know, I, that's probably a long answer. So I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I, I think it's easier for other people to define who I am because I, I couldn't really answer that. A lot of people think I'm an asshole. So, uh, <laughs> um, but I'm a, 
I, we're live, right? I see that. But I, I'm you're a, good, dude. You're good. I, I didn't know the rating of this this podcast, but yes, we I've had I've we've gone to the deep end, so now we're good. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm I'm okay with that, and that doesn't mean I'm going to reciprocate it. I may like you, but we all have we all understand each other differently, so it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I, you know that's who I am, and I, like I said, I don't even know if that answered your question. <laughs> I like it because it was real. And, you know, we live in a society so much, Coach, that especially especially now with what's gone on since COVID, you know, and regardless of how people feel or don't feel about it, I know it's a huge, touchy subject. Everyone knows how I feel about it. But, <laughs> but I think a lot of times we feel that we have to be fake, if you will. We always hear the fake news media and, and I think a lot of times, oftentimes and not, I think we have to act a certain way to impress a certain person. And I think a lot of times we, like you said, I think you know, we have to be real to an extent because after a while we fall for somebody, whether it's a friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever the case may be for people, we fall for the fake person and the, re the real person comes out and then it's like, oh, okay, well, we don't know which one we got and so on and so forth. But um, when it comes to negativity, and I know it's a big question, or it's probably, I'm sure, asked quite a bit, how do you handle it? Especially however you want to call it, the society that we live in now, it's, it's full of negativity, whether people want to admit it or not, but it is, um, and a lot of lies too. But what do you want to, how do you attack negativity? We'll, go, we'll start from there. Uh, you know, first, I think it's a mindset. And uh, I, uh, I, I'm a, um, I met a yoga instructor a long time ago. Her name was Bettina. And, uh, and, and obviously, I've always felt this way in my career and stuff. So this isn't new. But, you know, she said something to me that was pretty cool. And she said, you know, if 90% of society would breathe before they reacted, the outcome would probably be a little bit different, right? And, and I think, I think ne negativity immediately comes from what about me? It comes from this victimhood, feeling sorry for yourself mentality where, oh, poor me, instead of, okay, like, I honestly do try to take everything negative and turn it into positive, or I, or I try to take every situation and make it positive because there could be a positive outcome that comes from it. Um, yeah, is there bad shit that happens in life? Absolutely. Um, do, does bad stuff happen to good people? every single day and every single minute but how you react from that man is really is really how you're gonna live right i mean yes take your time a morning and then get over it like you gotta get over it right and you gotta move forward everybody's got things in their lives that they want to uh they want to they want to sit back and think about and let it eat at them and it's just not going to do that to me and it's not going to do that to anybody i'm around and um you know i'm going to try to I'm going to try to do my best to create that positive space for, for all the athletes and families I'm around. Um, I just think that's what you got to do, man. I, I think negativity is the basis of everything we do in society. That's why, that's why the news is full of negativity because that's, mm -hmm. what know, right. That's what people want to listen to. And uh, you know, so I'm, I'm going to be different and it doesn't like, that's just the way I'm going to be. You know what I mean? I like it. And <clears throat> I know a lot of people are like, well, that, you know, of course, nowadays and kind of lead to the next one. And going back to negativity is 
how do you handle it? I mean, not handle it, but let's say, so for example, I don't know, somebody, some, I don't know what you, some troll, I'll put it that way, a troll sends you something on Twitter, maybe a comment to one of your posts or whatever the case may be. How do you handle that person's negativity attitude, even though he sent it to you to be a, a wuss or whatever his, his mindset or his mission was? Yeah. How do you handle that uh, scenario? Yeah, so first thing, I don't I don't give I don't give people on social media an opportunity yes. to go back and forth with me. First like first of all, they don't warn my time. So mm-hmm. number one, I don't respond. And that's the honest truth. Um, I may respond in a DM with a phone number and address and say, we can talk this out face to face. But I'm not going to be a social media back and forth guy with anybody. Um, so um, I know what you're saying, and it's happened. You know, in my business, it's full of oversaturated haters. In the football world in general, the football training world in general, everybody's got something to say about everybody. And to be honest with you, I like trolls because when they talk about me, it's because I have something they don't. Um, people don't talk about people that, that, that don't have anything. They talk about people that have something they don't have. So they want to talk about them because that's all they can do, right? So at the end of the day, I encourage it because if you're talking about me, then I have something you have not accomplished yet. Yes, sir. It's so, like, I, number one, I'm not going back and forth with you, so I don't have time because I, I commit my energy to people that deserve my energy, not people that don't. So for half a second, I'm going to be pissed. Yes, for half a second, but that's all the time you're getting. I'm not going to react. Like, and, but, but here's the thing also. There's this passive-aggressive society of cowards that do want to react on social media instead of being a man, right? I've literally had, an, had a discussion with another football coach on social media and tried to pick up the phone and call him because I knew his number and he wouldn't answer. That's what cowards do at the end of the day. Like, be grown. If you have something to say it. But don't use, I mean, come on, man. Social media is a platform. I mean, I say it all the time. Don't get me wrong, I use it. I use it to benefit my families and athletes, mm-hmm. to benefit things and positivity that I can I can put out there, right? But at the end of the day, let's be real. These guys that troll businesses and all this other stuff and just take shots and, and are offensive towards people's families and players and all that kind of stuff, man, they're just cowards. Most of them won't say it to your face. They just use social media to do it, right? That's really what the baseline of our country is right now. Everybody mm-hmm. has something to say. Mm-hmm. to do shit about it. So at the end of the day, like, you're not going to get my time because you don't deserve my time. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. And I love that. And <clears throat> I think we miss that in society. I think we, we're now starting to get, and I, you can thank, you know, you can thank the, the left. You can thank the radicals, you can thank everybody else because now everybody has a platform, which I, I, I don't mind at all. Everybody have a TikTok, an Instagram, whatever platform is, use it to what benefits you. But what I'm seeing and what irritates me is, I see it a lot, especially on Twitter, is, oh, you said something offensive or something that I may not agree with, so I'm going to go ahead and block you. It's we, we, we're, we're sugar, we want to sugarcoat things, and in reality is that's the truth whether you want to admit it or not but we don't we don't do as me and Wong always talks about we don't do research we don't investigate we don't actually think before we talk we just 
go on expression. And guess what? Oh, well, Coach George said my team sucks. Well, whether they do or whether they don't, that's not the point. But to get upset and then to block Coach George or to block Mike or Wong or uh, Clyde, a good friend of mine from Colorado, makes no sense because we it's the easy way out. It's the easy way out. And I don't I think the way that this country is now, that's what everybody's trying to do is get the easy way out or the easy way to not not work as well. Yeah, I mean, just just don't make decisions and react with your feelings, man. You know, educate yourself, do some research. And granted, right, research is also right and left, right? Depending on where you research, um, your argument can go either left or right. And I don't necessarily mean politically. I just mean the argument can always go. You always have a fork in the road, right? The argument's always going to go left or right. But at the end of the day, if you go left and I go right, like we can be adults and understand each other, right? You don't have to agree, right? I think you're a Denver Broncos fan, right? Yep. Okay, so I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm an avid, I believe in recruiting and quarterback play and stuff like that, right? Okay, I I don't I think John Elway's done a terrible job. You may disagree with me, but hear me, mm-hmm. understand me. You can then turn around and say, hey, man, I'll be honest with you. I got I got your version of it, but I disagree, but we're still good. You know, the problem is everybody wants to wants to bicker and fight and protest. Like, and first of all, I serve so you can protest. So that's not what I'm saying. But but you know, there's times where when you protest something, you're harming something else. So you have to be careful how people have to be careful how they protest, because sometimes two wrongs don't make a right. So by hating one group of people, sometimes um, you protest them and you actually cause more harm to this other group of people. It's just people don't think through it, right? That's what that's what reactions do. People just react. They don't they don't think. They just react. And then that's an that's an immediate emotion that makes them feel good, right? I'm a victim. My feelings are hurt. Let me immediately react so I can feel good about myself. But you didn't do anything. Right. You like the goal. You didn't accomplish whatever the goal was, except reacting and making yourself feel good for a second. That that does nothing for society or the world. It just does something for you immediately. Right. And that's kind of the context of what this country does. Right. We do everything based on our poor little feelings. And it's unfortunate. It it really is like um, but it, it happens at every level from. From little Johnny who's playing on the youth football field who doesn't get playing time all the way up to the White House. It happens at every level, you know, and it's unfortunate. But, you know, hopefully over time, good people can change that narrative, you know. And, and, and I, I, I'm not saying I'm good people, but I'm, I, I do believe that if we teach young people how to act, that's a good start. Absolutely. And. <clears throat> kind of keep on track of social media. Of course, you know, being a coach and coaching uh, in Oklahoma and in Florida and uh, throughout your career, how has social media, when it comes to preseason camps, I remember way back then in a small school in Kentucky, um, very first day of camp, coach, hey, social media, we got 86 it. We're going to watch you, you know, X, Y, and Z because Hey, we're here to, you know, obviously get an education and obviously to play football, but education is first. Right. When it comes <clears throat> when it comes to to social media with your players, how do you let them handle it or 
if they are you guys when you were coaching was there hey we're gonna kind of not so much watch you like big brother so to speak but how did you let them handle the the tweets like we see nowadays college athletes and just tweeting out like it's nothing yeah uh, I, but yeah I, I don't um obviously I see the stuff my athletes tweet and like um mm-hmm. I I don't, like you said, I don't big brother them or hover. Um, but if their profile is unprofessional or I see context, I will let them know. Um, and, uh, um, or if their profile doesn't represent who it should, um, you know, like if their profile, you know, for athletes, their profile should represent who they are, right? Like, for example, I'm Coach George, right? Coach Tom George or QB Impact, right? Or, or if you're a QB that plays football at Norman High School, your your Twitter profile should represent who you are, right? John and whatever your last name is, if you can find it. Um, and but there's these guys out there, you know, um, three point king or Johnny Cool guy, right? And so for me, I try to teach these guys to make sure that their profile represents who they are. Number one, if they're playing high school football, I'm going to make the assumption at some point they want to play college football. So why do we have social media really? Yep. I'm hoping you have so a platform so that college coaches can visualize a little bit about who you are um, within the confines of the NCAA, right? So the NCAA can't tell a college coach not to use Twitter to look at kids, right? So he can do that, right? So it's a platform. Mm-hmm. So you have an opportunity for adults to learn who you are. Why would you not represent yourself in the right way, right? You only get one chance of it, right? You see all these professional athletes that are getting blasted because of something they did on social media back when they were 12. Number one, it's ridiculous that they're getting blasted for it, okay? But number two, I mean, social media is your resume to the world. If you blast it, it's going to get you, right? So a couple of things. Number one, I don't big brother my athletes, but I do everything in my power to, to keep an eye on, con- on content. And to be honest with you, I try to teach them their values and things at training and when I get an opportunity to, to meet with them and their family so that I don't have to overlook them because I know they're doing what's right. Um, so, you know, after every training session, we have a character talk and I try to I try to talk about topics I think that are important to young people so that, you know, they can be better. You know what I mean? In, in the classroom, on the field and socially, if that makes sense. I mean. We have challenging conversations because nobody else is going to have them with them. Well, absolutely. I think, <clears throat> and it lead, kind of leads to the first <laughs> question. Um, somewhere kind of goes to it, but you see more social media has some effect on it. What's your thoughts on the NIL, the name image likeness? I know social media definitely has a role in this to a degree. What's your thoughts on this name image likeness and how it's affecting college football? You know, I have a different look on 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 that, and I also have a different look on these guys that are bypassing a bowl game to go because they're getting ready for the NFL, only because, you know, I mean, I, you know, I played sports because I wanted to be a part of a brotherhood and a team. Yes, sir. Do I get that the long-term goal is to go to the NFL and get paid? Absolutely. But we got to be careful because soon, I mean, we there's one high school kid that bypassed his senior year, the kid who's going to Ohio State, right? And, and I'm not blasting the kid. That's him and his his parents' uh, decision. 
right? It's not my decision, but at the end of the day, there was a time now that that we did things for the love of the game and because of the brotherhood of the team, right? What, what we don't realize is one decision may hurt other people, right? For example, let's say that, let's say one guy chooses not to play in a bowl game because he's getting ready for the combine. Okay, well, what if they lose that bowl game by a million because he didn't play and now four or five teammates on that team are losing opportunities because he didn't help them in that bowl game, right? So sometimes when we make decisions, young people, they don't realize that it could affect the lives of other people, right? But that's the problem with the NIL and kids going early. Again, it's them and their parents' decision. But it's selfish. I, I don't care how you look at it, it's selfish. Because at the end of the day, you're affecting all those teammates that you committed to. And to be honest with you, like, you can get hurt. You can get hurt driving to Walmart and getting hit by a car. What, since when are we predicting when we're going to get hurt? Like it, it, you know, it doesn't make sense to me, man. Make a decision and be a good teammate. Fight for your brothers, and you know, and good things will happen. I, I just, I, I think it's going to hurt. Um, you know, a, a good example is the transfer portal. What is that doing to it, right? So you got, you got. I mean, uh, I'm not going to pick and choose, but quarter, a quarterback at OU gets a bunch of money from a car dealer, and then the kid transfers the next year. Now he's in a binding contract with this car dealer. Like, like there was a time that young people were young, and now they're adults, and they're becoming adults too soon. Okay, and when they become adults too soon, it just it, there's nothing good that can come out of it. Like. It's only that, right? Like, so I also disagree that a degree from a, a, a degree from an institution is not value. It is absolutely value. I had two boys that played college football. Okay, here's the deal. I didn't want anybody to give them money. And, and like I said, it's a decision for athletes and their family. Everybody comes from a different background. I get it, okay? So I'm not hating on the decision. All I'm saying is like, it's just it, it's turning the game of football into business, and it's gonna. It, I'm telling you, it's gonna get younger and younger and younger, and it's gonna get to the point where seniors in high school are getting paid to go to certain universities, and the coaches are gonna have zero control over it because somebody else is paying them, right? Um, so, man, it's tough, man. I want these kids to get their due. I mean, let's be real. Texas A&M's new upgrade is on Johnny Manziel's back. I don't care what anybody says, right? I, I love it, yes. I mean, let's be real, man. That number two jersey, right? I mean, uh, so I get it. I get it. And there's got to be a way to do it the right way. I just don't think we're doing it the right way now. But there's got to be a way to do it the right way so these kids can get their due for these universities getting paid, right, and the NCAA. Mm -hmm. I mean, the NCAA is one of the biggest crooks out there, man. You know, so at the end of the day, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I, I, I think there needs to be a way for these kids to benefit from it. However, I think the way it's being done now is not the right way to do it. But I don't know the answer, so I, I don't want to ever hate on something if I don't have a solution for it. But I do think it needs to be done better and controlled better. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, and that was. 
the NIL with the part one, and of course, the transfer portal. You know, and I get, you know, I missed it. Like you said, the, the, the old days, it was if you transferred somewhere, you sat out, your, you, you lost a year of eligibility. Right. So if you're a junior or a senior, well, obviously, if you're a senior, you're not transferring anywhere. But if you're a junior, you're pretty much you're done for, um, unless you can get the, the six-year eligibility from the NCAA. Right. Some gets true, some don't, whatever the case may be. But this transfer portal to me, Coach, and I know a lot of people is probably going to get rift and raft, and that's perfectly fine over what I'm about to say. But I don't think that NA, the NIL the NIL is going to hurt it. To a degree, I think it will when it comes to recruiting, especially the, the group of five colleges. The transfer portal, in my opinion, is what's going to hurt college football because literally it's just a free-for-all. One, well, I don't like it here. My feelings get hurt. So I'm gonna go over to here. Well, my coach left, so I'm gonna go follow him. You know, no, no taking jabs at Caleb and, and Mario to Lincoln, but at USC. But the transfer report is kind of like what this country is. We're taking exit routes to what fits best my needs. And well, I don't like it here. Then you know, comments were made, so I'm not gonna play for this coach. And I, I just think that my personal opinion, the transfer report is gonna hurt college football in the long run then it actually is going to hurt the help it down there uh, in the near future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I agree. And I think, I think we got to be careful, right? Because like anything, like anything, there are young people who transfer for the right reasons. I know that's Absolutely. I know kids that are transferring for the right reasons. So, so what, so I, I, I agree with you. The transfer portal will hurt college football and it will, it, it, Co it lo coaches lose a lot of control of their team, right? Because pe young people are so soft these days that they get their feelings hurt and then, and then mom and dad tell them to jump ship, right? Instead of fighting through it, right? Or they don't want to compete because, because uh, you know, oh my God, they, they got another recruit that's so good. Well, compete, right? There was a day, but there was a day when, when you went to college from high school, you developed, you learned, you kept your mouth closed and you got an opportunity somewhere around your junior, maybe sophomore year, right? That's not how it is today, right? Kids, if kids don't play as a freshman, a lot of good guys will redshirt their freshman year and then they want to play immediately, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that in high school too. There's kids out of eighth grade going as freshmen that, are, that want to play. And what they don't realize is either they're not good enough or it's not their turn to play. So. So they transfer, and I think, but I, here's the deal, man. That's a societal adult parent problem, okay? Because if you raise your child not to fight and compete and grind and to run every time it's easy to run, then they're going to do it on the football team. They're going to do it at their job. They're going to do it with their girlfriend. They're going to continue to run because that's what people, that's what they do, man. But that's society today. Stay. Our feelings are hurt. We're going to vote for the other guy, or we're going to go to we're going to go the other way, right? Our feelings got hurt here, so go the other way. Well, why don't you understand why your feelings got hurt, or maybe maybe you need to toughen up a little bit, stop being so damn soft. Like you know, so at the at the end of the day, uh, it that's college football and the NFL have become a societal thing, um, and. And as as young people get older, um, you know that that's what happens, right? I'm um, so uh, you know I'm I, we're, I'm hoping that that 
that there's a turn at some point um, and that we, we get back to, to, to being tough and, and, and doing things right and working for it and not being entitled um, and not playing the victim card and not, instead of applying for a job, running to the, you know, run, running to the, you know, and getting your, getting your check from the government. I mean, I hope there's a time people have some damn personal pride, man, and just work their ass off and hope that good things happen. I mean, that's not who we are, man. We're so damn soft. It's unreal. Like, <laughs> I love it. I'm, hey, trust me, though. This is not just sports. Well, no, it's sports. You know, trust me. It, like, go back and look at D-Day and look at War II and look at Vietnam and look at the first Persian Gulf War when we literally took over a country in three days with troops, right? Uh, like, Military men, military members in the in the military today ain't trying to fight nobody. Like I'm like, uh, like this is not just athletics, man. I, I'm t I'm telling you, it's you know. Could you imagine if back when we fought wars, we were like, nah, I ain't doing that. They didn't do nothing to me. <laughs> You're serving your country. Like it it doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah. unfortunately, I can go on and on about it, man. It's, it's, uh, don't get me started, brother. Like. Well, I was going to say, we have a long show ahead of us. Yeah, my bad. Uh, I don't know what your time constraints are, so you cut me off when you're ready, but that drives me crazy, man. Speaking of being soft and coaching, well, first, let's continue going soft. These kind of switching gears, folks. I know I'm going to kind of jump back and forth here. When it comes to soft, and since the 2020 COVID election, whatever you want to call it. What what has, is your personal bandana, or not bandana, what's your personal uh, outlook on this administration that's what we consider in the White House? To me, it's been soft. It's been lack, lackadaisical, if, to put it lightly, but yeah. I haven't seen any accomplishments. I know on Twitter, on, on um, TikTok, when I scroll through these videos, people are applauding with his first year accomplishments. I, I personally haven't seen any. Um, besides my checks dwindling ever so smallly, uh, smaller, but yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts on this new administration that took office about a year and a half ago? Yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's tough. I mean, I mean, personally, you know, I'm I, I'm a conservative guy, right? I, I that's the that's where I lean towards. However, I've always I've always voted with my mind and not. Yeah party. Um, you know, when I was in the military, um, I raised my right hand and, and I said an oath and the oath was to defend the orders of the president of the United States and the officers appointed over me. Right. It, it didn't say if I agreed with him, right. It said I would defend the constitution and the president. Right. So, you know, I've always voted the way I voted, but I've always believed that um, that when we elect a president, um, we should also support him in his role. However, um, I have no idea what our administration currently, um, <laughs> what their objective is. Um, don't get me wrong. Do I think that Trump did himself justice by opening his mouth? Um, no, I, I think he lost the election because, um, there were times he opened his mouth and wanted to argue on Twitter. And like I just told you, when you asked, 
about trolls, if they don't deserve my time and effort, they're not going to get it. You know what I mean? So why he reacted the way he did, I don't know. But, you know, I, I, I don't understand the current administration. I think they're hurting our country. And I think um, the problem with politics, right, is the problem with our country. And I'm going to give you an example, right? If you voted Democrat, then what you're going to do if you're a troll is you're going to find everything you can on social media or the news that says they're good and the right is bad. And then you're going to blast it, right? And then you're never going to say you're wrong because you're always going to want your guy to be right because you voted that way, right? Instead of understanding and being open-minded and saying, hey, it's possible I voted wrong and that's not who we thought he was, right? And that's the problem with politics and that's the problem with 90% of the problem in this country. Nobody wants to say, hey, I understand you. You might be right and maybe I'm wrong because now that I'm doing my research, I understand since I didn't vote with my emotions. So, you know, so at the end of the day, no, I, I think it's crystal clear that he has failed. Um, but, you know, I, like I'm not... I don't have time to argue with people about it because if they don't see it, then they're honestly blinded by it, um, which which is okay because they have to live with themselves about it. Like it's a decision they made. But at the end of the day, man, I'm like, if you think we've started on a good foot, then, you, then you're a hermit that lives in a cave because no, like you can't be a sound-minded human being and think that he's doing a good job. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I, mean, I, I, you know, yeah, he's failing horribly, you know, so I, 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 it doesn't matter if it's left or right though. If he was a Republican. No, exactly. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's, if he's a left or a right, because at the end of the day, his administration's absolutely failing at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. Right, right. And, and that's my point, right? Stop looking at it as being a, a liberal conservative or leftist or right, don't look at it that way. Just people need to just answer the question based on the information they have. Stop looking at it from your point, from, from who you voted for and look at it from a point of view of, do you think our president's doing a good job? Yes or no. And it's very simple, hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, but it's like that in sports. It's like that in, in, in religion. It's like that in politics, right? You could root for a team who's got a guy that just slapped a woman on TV. Guess what? You still rooting, yep. right? You don't care. I mean, that's what, right? That, that, that's what we do in sports, right? We don't care what the athlete on the team we root for does. We, we don't care one bit. We still buying a jersey. We still buying tickets, season tickets. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares, man. They just want whoever they root for in, in, in whatever subject it is to win. And they want to be right. I told y'all, best team. Oh, yeah, he did that. That's cool, but we're still the best team. People don't care, man. Unfortunately, it's all about winning, but in the bad and doing it the wrong way. That's what that's, it comes down to it. And yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing I know young people make terrible decisions. Trust me, I'm not judging anybody. I made a lot of bad decisions. Oh. In class, but, but if you're the head coach, you might want to hold them accountable. Like, you probably should hold them accountable, right? And if you hold them accountable and then you're still winning games, and I applaud you. Because you're doing it the right way, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. But, but if he's playing the next week, 
and you're still winning games, then you're not doing it the right way. And I don't care who you are. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I was telling, I think <clears throat> I want to say on one of the episodes I was on with Dan, who does uh, Time to BS podcast. And we do an episode. I can't recall which one. I'll have to literally get with him and figure out which episode it was. But we talked, we have a list. And I think the list consists of 10 or 15 athletes. Doesn't matter what sport that was consists of some type of domestic violence or anything to that nature. And Sally enough, half of those are still playing currently in that respective major league sport. Yeah. And, and now here's the deal. I'm going to say it again. We do have a, we do have a, uh, a, a judicial system. We have a, we have law and order, right? We have, um, I understand when people make mistakes, even if they're harsh, heinous mistakes, and they do their time, right? Like, like I do believe that people should have a second chance and they make horrendous mistakes, right? Okay, so I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying a player makes a mistake, throw him in the garbage, and he's, he's gone with it. That's not what I'm saying, okay? I'm saying hold him accountable, let him do his time, see if he learned from it, and then give him another opportunity, okay? But at least hold him accountable, geez. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, we got dudes on like literally videos of them doing stuff, playing the next like the next weekend. I'm like, it don't even make sense to me. Hold them accountable, man. Because what happens is it's a cascading effect. Because a little kid in high school sees that and sees that he wasn't held accountable, and is like, well, maybe I can do that, right? Or or, or because that's what happens, right? Young people see what athletes do good or bad and that's who they want to be and that's how it translates right so athletes don't realize that their actions affect thousands of young people um you know and i don't know if you listen to my youtube for my closing arguments or closing arguments my closing statement at my camp last year but i tell my athletes that i tell my high school and college and youth athletes that i train that professional athletes are not their hero no like first responders military members, uh, your parents, those are your heroes. If you got to pay to get a ticket to go see your hero, he ain't your hero. Okay. Now I didn't say you, you shouldn't idolize them, but they're not your heroes, man. Stop, stop. There's people giving everything. They're, they're, they're losing time from their family. They're working their butt off, making barely minimum wage and they're serving. Those are the people and, and, and nobody knows their name because that's what true service is, right? Nobody applauds them. Those are your heroes, man. I tell, that's what I tell my athletes, man. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a guy that's like wound swooned by professional athletes. I'm like, so? <laughs> <laughs> well, like my dad always said growing up, we would, you know, watch mainly football. I was, I was not, and still really not a huge basketball um, kind of person. But um, um, absolutely, absolutely, Lane Cooper. Lane says, young athletes listen to what Coach George is saying. And I absolutely believe and I totally agree with that. I think, I think, and George, uh, Coach George knocked it out of the park. Ath these professional athletes are to do their job. They're not to be, I mean, if you want to root for them, that's perfectly fine. But at the end of the day, they're not your heroes because let's be honest, they're going to, 100% of them aren't going to know your name and nor will they ever meet you. And, we'll and, 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 I, and, and I, I want to be, and I want to be clear too, right? Cause I'm not, what I, I, first of all, 
those guys that we're talking about that are making mistakes, I, I don't know the number, so I'm not going to be fake. It may right. be percent, right? Uh, yeah. So there are are there are there guys in in professional sports that 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 give the charities and to and that like yes, yes, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, there's amazing human beings that play professional sports that give millions to charities and that give back to young people. Okay, and I applaud them. Okay. So, so I, I want to make sure we don't get it slipping based on, you know, what I'm saying is the 1% that does the things they shouldn't do need to be held accountable. Uh, and then, and, and, and then if they get a second chance, they get a second chance, but, but, you know, let, let, let's hold everybody accountable. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely. I think that's, it goes back to how we start off the show off. It's soft. Our feelings being heard and, and, um, Someone texts me who can't comment for some reason on Twitter. Uh, this dude's the real deal. Excellent, excellent show. Um, but I um, appreciate for that. Um, yeah, I, I, whoever, hey, whoever that comment was from, man, I, again, I do not deserve that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, uh, I appreciate that. Of course, coaching. Um, what kind of, you know, continue somewhat still in coaching until the um, – uh, from Wong, one of the questions from Wong early this week is, uh, do you have any aspirations of coaching when it comes to the NFL? Woo, Wong, my man, hit me, hit me good, huh? You know, <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I literally just got off the phone this afternoon with a good friend of mine who coaches. His name's John Van Dam. He coaches for the Tampa Bay Bucks, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, he won a Super Bowl last year. And you know, they got uh, they lost early this year. Or they lost to the Rams this year, but and I just had a conversation with him um, today. And uh, you know, I, I, I think I think I would be intrigued at taking a shot. Uh, I, I don't I don't ever want to coach college football, um, but I, I would be intrigued about. Uh, coaching in the NFL. Um, I think the NFL is full of recirculated guys that struggle with leadership. Um, I, I think the NFL does not do a good job at creating avenues for new blood. Um, I, when you listen to some of these head coaches on YouTube or, or whatever, on social media or whatever, I, you know, I, sometimes I ask myself, I'm like, I'm like grown men, like follow this. Like, I I just think there's a lack of leadership. And what we forget is just because you're a coach doesn't mean you can lead, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so whatever platform they had to become a coach, I get it, but it doesn't mean you can lead. Um, And and I think some of these teams just need leadership and they've got players, you know, and most good head coaches – that are good leaders will surround themselves with quality X's and O's guys so that the team is successful. But dude, some of these guys leading in the NFL, I'm like, I would like, I wouldn't let them talk to my youth football team. I, I, I don't, I honestly don't understand it. There's so much quality young blood out there that we keep reciprocating guys in the NFL in this good old boy network. And it's, you know, it's actually frustrating to me. Um, and, I'll be honest with you, man. I actually, I, I, I know it's a touchy top, topic, but I actually, 
I actually think the NFL does not do a good job with hiring minority coaches, man. I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's a time and a place, um, but, but they don't No, They reciprocate old white guys, man. I'm like, bro, Leftwich, um, the enemy at Kansas city. Like I know Flores is suing the NFL. Those dudes coach their ass off. Why are like Leftwood should be the Jacksonville Jaguars coach right now. And I'm not saying that. Um, I'm saying that because it's a no-brainer hire. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm like, what's the deal? So, you know, I'll, pro- I'll probably hurt some feelings by saying <laughs> that. But, geez, like, there's so much talent out there. Stop receiving guys, man. Well, it, it, I like what that you brought that up because that is a big issue. And, of course, we're seeing Brian Flores, who's – Sue, when he's mentioned some teams um, out there that, you know, Denver being one, of course, now, as we talked about earlier in the show, seems like we got two grown men going back and forth now, uh, or at least in the uh, former general manager, John Elway, kind of now he feels the need to go out there and start bashing, but, or not really bashing, but, you know, put his two cents out there. It's like, let's just, you know, have this thing behind closed doors, but. Yeah, but here's the okay. So here's the thing, right? The NFL has a rule that says, and, and first of all, I am not a lawyer. I'm not an NFL agent, so I don't know the exact wording. Okay, but I, I'm pretty sure the Rooney Rule talks about you have to um, you have to at least interview mm-hmm. a certain amount of minority positions, right? Correct. Okay, so my thing is what. It, 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 it's got a rule that has to tell people it's got a rule that has to tell owners to like, I, to me, I see that as a problem. I think that should be a standard. <clears throat> like, like uh, this rule should be a, a humanity standard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like uh, I, there's a couple of college football teams that I've I've been in their building recently and I don't want to put them on blast because they were nice to me and let me in their building to <laughs> find amazing athletes. So I, I, yeah, I'm not afraid to put in, but trust me, like, but I, almost every single division power five school in America has a sign in their locker room that says, these are the values of our football team. Mm-hmm. Okay? The top two things on almost every Power five college football team in America says treat women with respect and don't do drugs. Now think about it. That's on a poster in their locker room that says teams core values. Okay. I have a big problem with that. Okay. Because that's not a value. Mm-mm. Like that's the, that's a standard in life as a young man. Don't do drugs and treating women re- with respect should be your standard. You should function that way every single day. You mm-hmm. should need that to be a value system. That's not what values are. Those are standards. There's a difference. But that's how low we've stooped. That's how low we've stooped is that college programs have to put a sign up that says, don't do drugs and treat women with respect. These are our values. Like, <laughs> don't get it. Trust me. Wow. I'll text you the pictures of the colleges that I got the sign. Okay, that'd be good. <laughs> I've got it, Gary. One is a military academy, which hurts me deep in my soul. Anyway. 
And just so you listen to that there, you're going to have to just kind of think of your imaginary heads because I will not issue those out to the public. So my apologies. <laughs> it will not happen. And so what we're talking about, the ruling rule, uh, it's a policy from the NFL that requires league teams to interview ethnic minority candidates for head coaching and senior football operations. It is an example of affirmative action, even though there is no hiring quota or hiring preference given to minorities, only an interviewing quota. And it was established in 2003. In 2003, right? Yes, sir. So in 2003, as a country, we had to create a rule, right? Like, again, why can't it just be a standard, right? Why can't it? Why can't the standard be, um, let's find the best possible person for this position. Oh, and by the way, let's make sure we don't interview five old white guys. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't like, I, I, what, what? I don't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I don't, like, I don't get it. That's a, that should be a standard. I respect the rule because it makes people feel good. But that's yeah. all it does. Because that's why Brian Flores is suing the NFL. Mm -hmm. They have a rule that makes people feel good. Yep. And 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 I you know I hundred percent back him up on this because simply because and people are like well you're saying because he's black no because I believe Brian Flores can succeed and will succeed in in, in the NFL just like Air uh, me up in Kansas City just like other coaches um, as well he can coach but <clears throat> unfortunately. And those guys can coach, brother. And this isn't a black and white thing for me either. This is a quality coach thing. For yeah, me. Exactly. But at the end of the day, again, like mm -hmm. whatever your standard for hiring the head coach is, write those standards down, right? And if you have 10 pros, then whoever you interview, fulfill those pros, right? Like, I mean, come on. To me, it's simple. To me, it's, it's, it's honestly simple but i don't understand why we make it difficult um so anyway continuing coaching from the high high school level i know you spent some time uh class 5a i believe finalist in florida and class 3a champion here in oklahoma yeah you, you um, did homework i like it i like it hey you got to with, with you know you got to especially with a cool guy like you coach oh man yeah. Hey, you gotta do, <laughs> but um, but no. <clears throat> so, and I know David, who's been on the show uh, quite a few times in the past, he sent the question. It kind of leads to kind of uh, telling your story, both your time in Oklahoma three A and four to five A. What was the biggest difference you noticed in coaching between Oklahoma and Florida high school football, if there yeah, was? So, so first thing, right? <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize this. Um, and, and, and the statistic has gone higher than it was when I saw it in 18. So in 2018, USA Today came out with a, a statistic, and it said basically 41% of Division I football players come from three states, California, Texas, and Florida, okay? And then, and then Georgia is a close – Georgia, Louisiana were like four and five, okay? So that's a fact, right? Um, majority, if you look at the NFL and the NFL does a combine statistic every year, most NFL players come from California, Texas, and Florida. Um, 
So the first thing I realized was speed. Florida speed is Florida speed, brother. I'm just letting you know. Are there guys in Oklahoma that can run? Absolutely. But I'm just letting you know, Florida speed is Florida speed. And uh, they, they, there's a difference in the way they play the game. Um, now, you know, recently I've gotten to, I've started training in Tulsa and there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad dudes that play ball in Tulsa, right? So, I mean, I think Oklahoma is under, it's under recruited. Um, but I think per capita, I just think there's more, there's more speed, um, in the state of Florida. And, uh, um, but here's the deal, right? And I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but when's the last time, um, I mean, Oklahoma doesn't recruit Oklahoma kids, right? So, well, I mean, if, you know, before we start looking at other states, we might want to ask our own universities why they don't recruit Oklahoma kids, right? I mean, so, you know, <clears throat> those kids have an uphill battle when it comes to recruiting. I'm in the game, so I get it. But here's the thing. Um, I'm going to use a couple colleges as an example, okay? I'm not going to – okay, Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame doesn't have a recruiter that comes to Oklahoma. Not one, but it's got three to go to Florida, okay? Um, James Franklin at Penn State, he doesn't have a recruiter that comes to Oklahoma, but he's got three to go to Florida, right? And he's got probably two to go to Texas. So, you know, so at the end of the day, um, I just think that per capita, there's more kids that can play – um, that level of football than there is in the state of Oklahoma. However, I do think the state is very under-recruited um, and, you know, and, and, and that's what I do, right? I'm, I'm trying to get uh, some of these Oklahoma kids on the map because they deserve it. <clears throat> I know, of course, National Signing Day uh, was yesterday. And, uh, and, of course, you know, Gentry Williams, I think I had Booker T signed with Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to which I think is a nice pickup for Oklahoma and Brent Venables. Yeah. When it comes to, and I know you're familiar, obviously with Oklahoma high school. I know, you know, whoever's listening um, throughout Oklahoma, you may obviously familiarize yourself as well. But when it comes to higher ed, when it comes to let's say six A, for example, I know they've broken it down six A one six or six A one six A two, which whatever makes no. It is what it is. We got there's 6A and 6A JV. There's 6A varsity. That's what it is. <laughs> that don't make sense to me either, but don't get me started. So anyway, it makes no sense. My thing is let these teams try to beat Union. Let these let teams try to beat Jinx. And now Bigsby, of course, is cream of the crop. But long story short, in your personal opinion, I kind of want to pick your brain on this one. Just kind of see what from your point of view. Why have the <clears throat> West schools, such as Midwest City, such as the Putnam schools, former schools, Edmond schools, why have they not been to the East ball level? Because the East side, when it comes to when you see during the season, during the playoffs, the East 99% of the time conquers the West. In most games, they're not even close. Um, <clears throat> they do at the 6A level, right, for sure, right? Yeah. I, I, I think Edmund Santa Fe has has gotten pretty deep, and I think back in like 2017, Norman North was in the game. Um, but for the majority of the time in 6A, uh, Tulsa dominates. Right? Um, I think as we get down, you know, I mean, because here's the thing, right? I, I think that's a little bit skewed, though. I mean, Bigsby, 
<clears throat> Bigsby is probably the best team in the Midwest, to be honest with you. But you know, I mean, I mean, they were loaded. But and their their coach, their coaching staff's unreal. So, but I also think it's an economic game. Um, and I hate to say this, but I also think six A coaches get paid better in Tulsa. Now, I, I don't know the numbers, so again, don't quote right. me on. It, but I think it's an economic game. I think they value their coaches a little bit, their head coaches a little bit more in Tulsa. Um, but it's a little bit skewed because if you go down to 5A, you know, Carl Albert and Bishop McGinnis and some of those guys have dominated 5A. And then if you get into 4A and 3A and 2A, I mean, Heritage Hall has dominated. When I was at Jones, we won the state title. Um, Jones and John Marshall and Millwood dominated. Um, and then, of course, in 1A, Cashin has ruled the roost, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that's skewed a little bit. I think I think it's it, it's it's easy to talk about because it is 6A, but I think it's balanced throughout the state, um, except it's more glaring in 6A. I mean, but here's the thing, right? Again. I don't know the Oklahoma demographic as much as everybody else, but in the just in Edmond, there's if you count Deer Creek, which is right outside of Edmond, there's four six A schools within what a twenty mile radius, right? When, right. When you go to Tulsa, there's Broken Arrow and Jenks and Owasa. Like I don't know the lay of the land, but I think they're pretty far apart, right? So their their demographic of kids is is a little bit bigger. Um, so. I've never understood why these these counties put all their schools in 6A. I would I would try to control enrollment so that the three schools in Edmond played 6A, 5A, and 4A instead of all being 6A. I've never understood that. Same thing with Putnam City and Norman, but but that's the way they do it, so that's the way it is. Um, but I think it's a little bit of that demographic and you know how many schools are within a certain region because sometimes. You know, like Moore. Moore's got three schools within a certain region, right? I mean, so um, I think that's a 6A thing, though. I don't think that's a Oklahoma thing because I do – when I was at Jones, man, we, we dominated 3A, and John Marshall was up there, and, and Milk dominated 2A. So, I mean, Cashin dominates 1A. So I don't, I, I don't think that's a football thing. I think that's specific to 6A. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, but it doesn't matter anyway because – Bigsby's Bigsby. <laughs> yeah. Bigsby needs to play in the Texas state. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They do it right, man. I respect those guys. So anyway. <clears throat> Continuing coaching real quick. Um, uh, how do you handle bad attitudes in players? Um, <clears throat> accountability. Um, I, uh, you know, I've been I've been fortunate that I've had the opportunity to in the military and in athletics, um, young men have followed me, and uh, it's not because I'm special or do anything, um, but I've been blessed that young men accept following me, and I, I think it's because I think young men want to be held accountable, um, but you can hold them accountable and make sure you love them up when they need to be loved up, right? The thing about it is athletes can see through bullshit, right? So if you're a coach that's fake and if you're a coach that's lazy and if you're a coach that won't 
don't stand up for his own football team. When you're a coach that that doesn't show up, but wants your kids to play hard, man, they see right through that, right? The thing about it is young people respect who who they believe in, right? So if they believe in you and they they trust you, they're gonna play hard for you. And when you have to hold them accountable and discipline them, they're gonna accept it and do better, okay? Because they believe in you, right? Um, my, my, my favorite quote as a coach is, leadership like coaching is fighting for the hearts and souls of men and getting them to believe in you, right? If you fight for them, they'll believe in you. If they believe in you, they will allow you to coach them hard. Right. Um, and uh, but but you you got to you, you got to at least you, you you at least got to be a coach that at least does your part, man. Like like you got to work as hard as them. They got to see you do something for them. Right. You can't just be a guy that yells every day and doesn't love them up and do anything. You know what I mean? They got to believe in you. They got to have a reason to believe in you. I felt like when I was in the military, um, young people believed in me. Um, to the point where I honestly, you know, where I struggle was I, you know, me and authority don't always get along, right? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I've always fought. I, I, I've never been scared to fight, um, to be the unspoken guy that fights for the little guy or the or or, or for players or for um, lower ranked men and women in the military, right? I was never afraid to fight and worry that I would lose my paycheck or get in trouble in the military or in coaching because I'm fighting for what's right. The problem is coaches are afraid to fight for what's right, even when it comes to players, because they're worried they're going to lose their income. Mm. Um, and I think players see through that. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I coach hard. Um, you probably, yeah, I, I coach hard. I get in kids' faces. I mean, um, you know, and, uh, but I also love them up and they know that. And they also know that if they text me at 10 o'clock at night and they need me, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm just not going to tell them that. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think trust and belief, man. I, I, in, if you instill belief in young people, they will go as far as you ask, as far as you give them the opportunities to go, they will go. I love that trust and belief. And when it comes to trusting, how do you continue? How do you scout scout talent when it comes to coaching uh you know when when you know i i i like to i check character man i mean there's a lot of guys that can run fast and throw the ball um but i like to see how kids react um i like to see how kids treat their mom um i like to see how uh, how kids act in adverse situations. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, for me, when I, when I do camps or train quarterbacks, I, I tell them that I, I tell them to remember two words and it's mental calmness, right? It doesn't matter how you feel about Tom Brady, but what everybody's going to feel is that he's pretty good. Right. And the reason he is, is he, he's always mentally calm. He doesn't freak out. Right. People that freak out never succeed because they can't handle adversity. Um, and, and, you know, people that are front runners and are, and are always succeeding when things are perfect, um, don't, they typically don't make it when things, when things, when adversity and things get really bad, you know what I mean? So, 
you know, I, I, I like to check a player's character and his mindset, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, man. I, I do watch how players treat their mom, um, um, you know, and, and, and I think that tells a lot about a young man, you know, you better treat your mom with respect. Man. And I'm not taking anything away from dads, but you better treat your mom with respect or I'm going to, I'm going to have a chat with you. You know what I mean? Um, young men don't know how to treat disrespectful man kids are so disrespectful the way they talk to to young ladies and it doesn't make sense um and i have those hard conversations with my guys and uh um, because nobody else is to be honest with you teachers don't have those conversations with kids i mean some do but hard conversations um a lot of coaches and people are afraid to have because they're afraid they're going to hurt somebody and i'm not and if i offend them then they won't train with me but Guess what? That's not my problem. I, I don't like. It's funny. I told Wong. I said I've never woken up in the morning and been like, "Damn, <laughs> I got five friends." Like, I don't, I, I, it doesn't like it doesn't. I don't. I don't need friends that don't want to be a part of my life in a positive way. Like, I, I don't. I just don't need it. Like, I, 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 I am capable, and it scares the shit out of my girlfriend. But I don't know why, because I love her to death. But <laughs> I don't. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I don't. In my, what I've learned in my military career and in coaching is compartmentalization. And I turn off noise with a quickness and I'm good with it. Like I will turn you off with a quickness and it won't look bad. Yep. You know, cause it's not worth it, man. Nobody's going to, no, if I'm having a good day, you ain't going to ruin that shit. You know what I mean? Oh no. No, and I think that's I think that that's a crucial part for a lot of people's failures. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, every person has a certain job. If you're doing this certain job, you're a failure. And that's a hundred percent not even true. A few months back, I want to say back in November, might have been October. Um, but anyway, I had Stephanie Joplin, well-known um, podcaster, and all kinds of things that she does on the women's side, um, come on the podcast and. One of them was strictly was she based she has a a here's my um, standards here's my expectations what I'm looking for here's my expectations if you can't meet these expectations then bamboos I don't I don't want you and she, even though in that topic she was referring to dating but at the same time she was talking about as a friend you know here's in friendships and I told her what same with me I don't want to surround myself and my boss you know she'll always ask me is you you hang around not so much older people like old like fifties and sixties but um I'm I'll be thirty four next month or yeah next month so young buck <laughs> but I said exactly I said because at the end of the day I said I don't want to surround myself with people that's going to set me back I want to move forward and if I can surround myself with good people successful people and even people that just motivates you. Wong does an excellent job. I know we mentioned that um, prior to the show. You know, Wong does an excellent job just, you know, encouraging and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I I, I, I don't want to sound closed-minded though, right? I do have right. you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm, not, I'm not looking for this perfectly molded friend, right? I do have grace and I have a, I have a ton of friends that I I disagree with when it comes to politics oh, yeah. and football teams, 
but you know what? We're good because we understand each other, right? I like this person or this team because of this. He likes this person or this team because of this. But at the end of the day, we're both good human beings. Yeah. We both treat people right. And and you know what? And, and to me, that's what I mean. That's what that's what's important, man. I mean, you know, treating people right and living selflessly. Um, it, it's 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 a very simple concept to me. I, I don't know why society makes it hard. Um, you know, it's we we live in this noisy me me me. Mm-hmm. What about me thing? And I don't know when we got there, man. I mean, there was a time that like serving another human being was made like should make you more excited than accomplishing it yourself. And I don't. I don't know when we lost that, but, you know, I'm hoping that if that can be instilled in young people that we got a chance. I mean, just live with some humility and, and selflessness. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's a, you know, the, the cult cliche of, I don't know if it's a cliche or not, but, you know, the whole, you know, have a backwards plan. I've always, I've always said is not the way to live. Right. And I've always, you know, other people have said it. it's not my idea. I've heard it, but you know, have a forward plan. Fall forward, I'll fall back, fall forward, right? And you know, I believe that it doesn't matter if you're religious or not. But yeah, fall forward. And if you fall to your knees, then humiliate yourself because because people don't humiliate themselves enough. That doesn't mean you're weak. Like sometimes you got to fall to your knees and, and humiliate yourself. And if and if you believe, then then pray about it. If not, then somebody's going to pick you up, man. You're like. People are not alone. Somebody is going to pick them up, and, and and I believe that. And I got to check my ass all the time, dude. I got to look and humiliate myself and check myself and and say, what am I doing? You know. And <clears throat> but I'm going to continue to fall forward. I'm not going to fall backwards and live with regret. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall forward. I'm going to learn, get better, and keep moving, man. That's all you got to do. You got to keep moving, man. You can't get. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> hey, I love that. And <clears throat> regardless of what. Anybody wants to do out there in life, if you want to be successful, at least move forward. You just got to you can't look in the past. I think if you continue to look in the past, it's just going to not so much haunt you, but you're going to repeat it and you're going to go fall right back to square one. And then you just won't ever get over that hump to be where you want to be. And but no, I, I absolutely agree. And I like where I like that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I appreciate that, man. I just that's, that's the way I try to live, my man. Hey, I love that. And of of coaching and scouting and trust and belief and, of course, uh, players and so on and so forth. You are the CEO, the founder, the man of all mans of QB Impact. And, of course, many of you uh, listeners out there, uh, it's a phenomenal. I look forward to it. I'll be there in Arlington. Um, and uh, Dev, I know you got some local ones I'm going to hit up as well kind of tell listeners out there what is qb impact of course everybody that's uh, june 26th or the 28th will be in arlington texas at at&t stadium um for all you athletes that's um registration all that i'll make sure is in the uh description of the podcast but what is qb impact and how did you uh come about it yeah so my my mantra when i was in the military is impact and uh and i have a you know, when you get to a certain rank in the military, 
um, you get, a, you know, you kind of develop leadership coins. And on my coin, it was the word impact. And my mantra has always been, you know, make somebody better, impact somebody. So um, as I grew as a coach, I kind of double dipped. So at the end of my military career, I, I, I grew as a coach and I started I started doing quarterback coaching for other academies and other high value media slash gear branded companies. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you in my eyes, I didn't feel like they were doing enough. I I thought that everything they did was surrounded. um, it, It were, it was basically football drills or NFL guys, talking about how great they are for two hours while, while kids are standing around. And, uh, you know, I believe in energy and I believe that kids got to train and they got to work and they got to go and that you shouldn't waste their time because when you waste their time, you're wasting their parents' money. And, uh, so I built QB impact. Um, my first camp was in March 15th and it was at a little shitty soccer arena. Um, I'm not kidding. It was like a warehouse soccer arena in OKC. It had 18 kids in it. <clears throat> and uh, my MVP was like a 10 year old. His name was Austin Levy. And uh, I'm not kidding. That was my first camp in 2015. And, um, and today, um, QB Impact is the only camp in the nation that does a three day camp at AT&T Stadium. The entire camp is in AT&T Stadium. The only thing you don't do there is sleep there. Um, and, uh, you know, last year we had 36 coaches, um, anywhere from uh, college coaches to nationwide trainers to um, ex-NFL players um, um, that I bring in. And I surround kids with with men and women who are going to lead them and, uh, and help them be better. Um, and at the end of the day, um, I am not, if you're looking for a camp that puts media f- brands on their flyers and, 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 and is going to lie to your kid about being a division one football player and is going to talk like, that's not what I do, man. Like, that's not what we do. It's a work camp. It's where you come and get better. Now, will we help you get to college? Will we help you get to the NFL? Absolutely. But I want to see you work and I want to see you work hard and, uh, and you're going to get noticed. And those guys at camp will notice you and help you, but, but you're not going to come to camp um, for media reasons so that you can get ranked on some fictitious website that doesn't even know how they're ranking people. Yeah. That's not what the camp's about. So um, um, June 26th through 28th, it's a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday at AT AT&T stadium. Um, we do that summer camp every year at AT&T Stadium. I have a great partnership with the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, I look forward to it. I call it my Super Bowl camps. Um, but um, QB Impact's also a platform. We train athletes in every position. Um, um, I'm here locally in, in OKC. We train during the week, every weekend. Um, right now, Saturdays, I'm in Tulsa. Sundays, I'm in Oklahoma City. And then I have a, a satellite coaches and offices in Arkansas, Texas, Hawaii, and Louisiana. So, yeah, so there's a there's a, a coach in those regions that are also uh, QB Impact, Texas and Arkansas and Hawaii and Louisiana that are coaching also. So, um, you know, 
at the end of the day, my vision is to use my platform to not only make these young people um, better football players, but I want them to get better grades in school. I want them to treat their parents right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want them to treat adults right. I want them to learn how to say yes, sir, no, sir. Um, I want them to learn how to say please and thank you. Um, and I want them to learn how to shake their college coach's hand firmly. Um, and unfortunately, I think that's what's needed in society. But make no mistake about it. You're going to be a better football player. Um, but but we're going to take those other avenues while we get you there, um, if that makes sense. Oh, and by the way, the parents are going to get better, too. Um, so, you know, and I promise that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I look for, I know last year, I think Wong, I think he invited me, but I can't remember why there was something that had been going on last year. Maybe, I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Year, I'm definitely, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, Coach. No, absolutely, man. And like I said, you're you're always welcome at any event I do, and, and Wong is always welcome. Wong, the first time he came to my event, it was at, we were doing a, field session at Hera High School on the turf. Mm-hmm. And I have never, I never met him in person. It was through social media. <laughs> and he walked up and I was probably 80 yards away. And I screamed, my Asian brother. <clears throat> and uh, and all my athletes was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a mess, man. I got a lot of energy, man, but uh, it's all for good reasons. So yeah, you're always welcome, my man. Hey, I'll definitely hit you up and let you know which ones I'll be at. And- so I won't catch you uh, completely off guard. Of course, uh, before we go into what I call the uh, storm uh, storm check Q&As for the evening, let's get a little more real when it comes to COVID. Um, I try to ask everyone that comes on the show, not so much uh, here lately, just because a lot of people try to um, bypass uh, the COVID year. Looking back to COVID, at least in 2020, it'll kind of lead to the conversation. But when it comes to COVID, just strictly as from January 1 or whenever this thing shut down or started, so to speak, to when it actually ended. But anyway, so in 2020, what was 2020 like for you just personally? And what did you learn from that year that we were all isolated and everything else that came with it? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was tough. I think it was tough for families and parents and small businesses. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm retired military that's self-employed. So I, I, I don't, I don't think I got hit the way small businesses did. And it was, it, it, it was upsetting to me, um, you know, that we took people who, who saved up or fought their whole lives to save enough money to open a small business or whatever the case may be. And, 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 and we shut them down. And, uh, you know, I, I have my beliefs. I mean, when I was in the military, um, you know, we, we, we were put into some environments that, that weren't pleasing as far as, uh, you know, as far as things that were out there, but, you know, it was, you know, it was a tough year. I, I'm not going to say it was tougher than anybody else's because I know that people, you know, lost family members and, and we went through some crazy things in in the world that year. But, um, but, you know, I managed to stay positive and and continue to safely train young people. Um, You know, we, at one point we were training 
six kids at a time outside in open environments and we were we were trying to do what the requirements mandated us to do and and i thought we did it safely um and uh you know i i think young people needed it uh i just hate that i i hate that we've become a society that has basically created another form of discrimination right and it's it's this form of mask versus no mask and <laughs> shot versus no shot and you know honestly it's it's sad to me it's sad to me because like i said we've we've allowed weak-minded people to use it as a form of discrimination and uh i i i uh i i think what COVID has taught the world is that if you haven't lived a healthy lifestyle, you should probably start. Um, and and I'm not, I, I personally go to the gym every day, but I do it for me. Um, um, and I don't expect everybody to do that, but I do expect everybody to do their best to live a happy lifestyle. You can walk in your neighborhood and, you know, and if you go for a walk a couple of times a day, you're, you're trying, you can not eat a Big Mac every day. Like, uh, but like there's ways you can try without making excuses that you don't have the resources to. So I wish people would just learn to live a healthy lifestyle. Um, I believe in the immune system. Yep. I'm not asking anybody else to believe in it, but I believe in it. Um, and, uh, you know, I believe that I'm going to live healthy and, and I, I have sympathy and, and, and I'm very sympathetic and to those people that have lost family members. So I'm not, I'm not that guy, but without being rude, if you're, if, if you're out of shape and, 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 and you got the shot and you wear a mask, oh, you don't get to look at me and discriminate me. You know? <laughs> All of a sudden, you decided to put on a mask. So the fact that you haven't gone to the gym in 48 years makes you better than me. Like, that shit ain't going to happen, brother. I promise you that. Like, you know, I mean, my thing is, I'm not going to judge you, but you definitely ain't going to discriminate me. You know what I mean? Because apparently, people believe that if you wear a mask, you get to talk to anybody the way you want. And, or if you got the shot, and that ain't going to happen. So, you know, I, I just... My beliefs are my beliefs. My family's beliefs are their beliefs. I don't discriminate on what other people believe. I respect them for it. Um, and uh, um, I think that's what everybody should do is respect them for their beliefs. But I don't like the fact that we are made to do something. Um, I think that we should all have the free will to, to make choices as we see fit um, and respect each other's choices. And then, you know, but when you get into taking away freedoms, that's when I have a problem. Um, so, you know, yeah, it was a tough year and uh, I, I think it's still tough. And I, I, I think, unfortunately, there was a time when people said, well, I can't wait to get back to normal. But unfortunately, I think this is normal. Um, mm -hmm. And I hate that, but it is. Um, so, you know, I think you adjust and you, you try to make what's best out of it. And I, I hope people that get the shot and get and wear the mask, treat people that don't get the shot and don't wear a mask yeah. with equality, like they should be treated. Um, 
You know what I mean? Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's it's a it's not even, and people make it a touchy subject. Oh, you're talking about mask and you know anti-vaxxers, which isn't even a word, but anti-vaxxers, and you get people that vax. <laughs> As I've told Wong many times during lunch, or even not because I'm a champ, because look, we always bring him up. Well, my parents, or I don't care who you are, if you want to get vaxxed, get vaxxed. I, to me personally, I don't care. If that's your choice, then go for it. I'm perfectly fine with it. That was your decision. You hopefully did some research, but you did, you know, hopefully you educate yourself. Hopefully you researched it and you got vaxxed. Cool. If you did, cool. I don't like it to where it gets to a point to where. If you're not vaxxed, if you don't plan on getting vaxxed, you're automatically associated with Donald Trump. Yeah. If you're white, 99% of the time, you're almost always going to be associated with Donald Trump. For some reason, that's what's going to happen. I, I don't get that. I, I, it bothers me when people say that. And it, it's been told to me many times, so I, unfortunately, I've dealt with it. But if you're white, oh, you're, you're a Trumper. You're yeah. a Trumper. If you're anti-vaxxer, you're a Trumper. If you don't wear your mask, you're a Trumper. Well, no, it's my choice. If I don't yeah. want to wear a mask, I don't want to wear a mask. And if you sit there and tell me this virus is real and so on and so forth, guess what? I'll trust my immune system. I'll hope, you know, I'm healthy enough to fight it off, and we'll go from there. But we just now, we're associating with people now automatically that, oh, now you have to have a mask to go eat. Well, I don't, you know... I, <laughs> What I don't get, what I don't get is I can smell, you know, I think for some reason I had to wear one for some reason, but I literally smelt my own coffee. I took it off. I'm like, this is pointless. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that was it. And like I said, we've created this form of discrimination and I definitely don't like when people tag things with other things, right? Like if you have a problem with Black Lives Matter, then you must be racist. If you if you like police officers, then you must be against this group. Or yeah, if you were like yeah, I don't understand that anyway because it's ridiculous. It's not a way that people should think. To be honest with you, so what I try to do is ignore noisy people. Um, but it's unfortunate people believe that because. Um, we should be able to understand each other regardless of our beliefs. Um, and at the end of the day, like I said before, I don't, what bothers me is that we closed businesses down mm -hmm. that, that at one point did not regulate the mask in their business and we hurt families. And, uh, um, you know, if, if you own a business and you don't require a human being to wear a mask in your business and the business across the street does, um, that's free will of the owner. So if you're a human being that wants to go in that business, that's your choice, right? And I, I like having a choice. I don't like the government telling me what my choice has to be. Um, and I think what people don't realize is they might want to look at the bigger picture because the government works in strange ways, right? They take a little bit until they realize that after taking a little bit there, they can take more and then, and then they take more and then they take more. Um, and, and I think we just have to be careful with how much we give up um, because someday you're going to give up. I mean, there's literally countries that 
are checking people that are going and knocking on doors and checking homes. Um, and I'm like, could you imagine? Like, I mean, don't knock on my door. Like, I, I, I just don't understand why we've gotten to that point, uh, but it's unfortunate. Um, and and statistically, I'm not I'm not a statistic guy, so I'm not going to get into it because people argue about which statistics follow what and what COVID numbers and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm not sure shutting down stuff and wearing a mask has done anything. Uh, but like I said, my beliefs are my beliefs. If you were wearing a mask on the show right now, I would treat you the same way. Um, because I believe that you should treat people the same way regardless. Um, so, you know, it, it's unfortunate, uh, but I think the way we live today is unfortunately the norm. I don't think, I'm with you. I don't think we get back to normal um, at all. I think this is nor the unfortunate normal that we're gonna have to deal with. I don't think we are gonna get back to what they said. Well, we just wanna get back to normal. I bet half of us, don't can't even describe what normal even was until everything was taken away from us. I think, and and what bothers me is, <clears throat> is we 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 call this the masks. We got the masks, and now we're taking pictures pictures of food food on the shelves being gone. Which I'm not going to sit there and say I traveled every godforsaken city in this country because I don't have time for that nor the money for that. So. If they're empty shelves, and so be. I know somebody told me, well, those pictures were from 2000. Someone else told me it was from or 2020. Someone told me even later than that. Well, you know, it goes back to at least to this. It's happened to me on the podcast. It's and it's. I think it's one of the episodes with Clyde. I have to find show it. Uh, but we were talking about how, not to get too much, but Clyde cannot. Uh, take the vaccination due to health reasons, legit health reasons. His told, his doctor even flat out told him, "Hey, don't don't take it." Right. So we're talking about it. Long story short, I believe it was on Zoom, but it might have been on this thing on Streamyard. Either way, it automatically I get booted. Now the thing's still rolling, but I got booted, and then two, and then <laughs> I kid you not, the next day, someone knocks on the door. And my wife answers it and says hello. And he he I guess showed his badge, but well OG and E. Well, OG and I got a brand new um telephone pole out here, a pole out here, so I know it's not gonna break. It's not leaning, it's not damaged. He says, Well, we gotta come check it out. She's like, Okay, well, she immediately texts me, hey, they're here to check the pole. My first response was, Why? Mm-hmm. It's brand new. It's three or four years old. It's brand new. He comes out the next day, does the same thing. People are going to say you're paranoid. I find it coincidence. When it comes to censorship, what, <laughs> and I know a lot of people probably don't know this because unfortunately the, the fake news media isn't going to at all talk about it, but Trump had his rallies out in Arizona and out, down in Texas over the last week and a half or so. Why can't well first off what is this just beginning I should say in your personal opinion what's your thoughts on censorship as a whole 
And if people start educating themselves and realizing and do some research, this isn't socialist. This is communist, but at its best, but we're sugarcoating or we're editing, if you will, uh, real truth in what's out there. What's your thoughts on censorship and, and the fact that we're seeing a lot of these shows and people and so on and so forth being pulled for speaking the truth, regardless <laughs> if it's open or not? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, here, here's the problem. The problem is all these media outlets and these social media platforms are driven by some agenda. Um, so censorship to me is 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 tied to whatever, gen whatever agenda that person or group is trying to censor, right? So, you know, it's kind of like Twitter, right? If you, if you, if you push the envelope on Twitter with COVID and, and politics, you know, all of a sudden your, you know, your, your Twitter account gets, gets canceled and you have to build a new one and, and redo your followers and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but, um, there's a, there's a mainstream of, social media network guys that 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 control that censorship and you know i'm not fully educated on it so i don't i i don't know my level of being able to comment on it i know people people lose content on facebook and twitter um anytime they attack it appears the left or or has an issue with um covid so um it, it is it is not socialism it, it is communism i mean if you look back propaganda started with television um and um you know propaganda on tv and in the newspaper goes back to world war one and world war two i mean this is not new um this is a different platform so instead of using a newspaper the propaganda machine is social media um, because the media is still using its platform for propaganda. So at the end of the day, I think what it comes down to is what will never change is you controlling what you can control. So what will never change for me is I control what I see, hear, and do. Mm -hmm. I make sense of what I see, hear, and do. Am I always right? Probably not. Do I fail at times? Probably. But at the end of the day, I still control my conditions and I tell my athletes this don't blame. I don't blame the media. Although I disagree, I don't blame propaganda. I don't blame social media. I control everything I do every single minute of every day. So if I do it the right way, I'm good with it. Um, and unfortunately you can't control everything. So instead of trying to control that, you know, I, I, I try to worry about Tom and, and my family and those around mm -hmm. me and uh, I don't like it. And and I hope there's a way out. Um, and, and I just think we have to elect the right people in office uh, to make that change. But man, I tell you what, it's that machine is big. It's bigger than we think. I mean, you know, I mean, you're talking about because I'll, I'll, all these all these media platforms they own each other like disney owns espn and he's like they all own each other so it's not like it's a bunch of people it's a couple people that own a lot of stuff <laughs> you know what i'm saying so uh, yeah at the end of the day man i can control what i can control and and
and, and that's what I try to do, if that makes sense. I like it. And I like, you know, real quick, um, we, we're starting to see more and more non-politicians run for office. Maybe not so much the White House. Maybe not so much Congress. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing it locally. We're seeing it within the state. We're obviously, Kevin Stitt, our governor here in Oklahoma, non-politician. He's a businessman. He ran. And obviously won, doing, in my opinion, doing a great job. I know, again, he, is he perfect? No. Has he done Has he done something I probably disagree with? Maybe so. But again, we're a lot better than we, we were previously. Um but you look at and grant that's uh, anyway. So, of course, we all know Donald Trump, a non-politician, again, won presidency, again, again, done a phenomenal job. Do I agree with everything he did? No, he could have calmed down on the Twitter. He could have calmed down on some other things. But, hey, it is what it is. Is this the new – I kind of – I like it because, you know, I thought about it. Uh, I was a little too late. I didn't watch my dates very well. But potentially the next uh, go around here locally in Midwest City, running for uh, city council, at least starting from there. Are we going to start seeing more and more of non-political, non-politician career people run for offices? Because I think it's it's starting to see. I think a lot of people are tired with career politicians. Uh, yeah, I, I thought uh, I thought you were going to hit me with a, a, a long question. Uh... Which I get, which I get hit with from him probably weekly, and and some other constituents. But uh, um, yeah, absolutely. Let's start with February eighth. Um, I, I I need if if you give me a sec. February eighth, um, Oklahoma City elects a new a, a, a elects a new mayor, hopefully. But uh, you know, I endorse Carol Hefner uh, for for mayor of Oklahoma City. That that opportunity. Um, is on February 8th, uh, and, and, and I would say that's where it starts, um, is Oklahoma City needs to take back the city. Um, I think Carol Hefner is a fantastic fit, um, and uh, that leads into the discussion about career politicians, right? Um, I try to tie things together. I think career politicians that continue to get um, reciprocated are like, um, NFL coaches that continue to get reciprocated, right? If you sucked at something once, you're probably going to suck at it twice, right? So if you were a terrible mayor, you're probably going to be a terrible governor or senator, right? So, um, you know, at the end of the day, regardless of how you feel about the the election and the vote count, um, we, we can only hope and pray that it's counted properly. Um, so it starts with voting, right? Is is educating yourself the right way? And I and when I say educating yourself, what I'm trying to say is don't vote with your feelings, but vote with your mind and make sure that you take the emotions out of your of the election, right? So make sure you educate yourself on policy and change um, and, and and separate emotions and feelings from from who you vote for. Mm -hmm. I do think that um, there's a contingent of military, ex-retired military guys that are running for Congress and Senate. Um, you know, I do think Oklahoma has 
has uh, a, a lot of good people um, involved in politics in it. Um, and, and I think they do a good job. Um, and I'm excited to see how things move further. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think if you were to, if you, you know, it's funny, I just had a conversation with somebody that asked me where I see Tom George in 10 years. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think that's an area that is calling me. Um, I just don't like to dip unless I'm a guy that I, I don't go to the ocean and dip my toe. I jump in. And so I just don't like to fully jump in until I'm educated. Um, and, and that monster is, uh, you know, once you jump in, if you're not educated in being a politician, you could actually hurt more than help. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm excited that retired military guys are, that, that have led um, are taking that stance and that successful people in society are, are sick of it and also taking the stance and uh, and you know I, I you know I, I think it can only be positive. I don't think there's I, I don't have a negative about it. To be honest with you, <clears throat> I like it. Um, you know, of course, as I mentioned, you know, I didn't do a very good job with uh, my <laughs> watching my dates and when you can uh, uh, your final time to um, to uh, get your name in the ballot. But trust me, I know it's it's a rant. It's coming up soon and. I just think I like seeing non-political career people run. Again, you know, obviously you got to research and do your education because I hate for this to fall in your face. Or if you get elected, you walk into a chainsaw right from the get-go. But, um, but no, I'm actually looking forward to it. I obviously can't vote for the mayor, but um, I do know just because of where I'm at city-wise. But uh, I do hope um, Carol wins. I think she'll be a great fit for Oklahoma City and, We'll do a phenomenal job uh, moving the city forward. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too, for sure. And uh, um, it wasn't hard for her to get my endorsement. And uh, if my if I had a big enough platform to to help her uh, get elected, I would. But I, I think she's doing a fantastic job. You know, she's a she's a mom, she's a grandmother, she's a daughter. Um, she's somebody who loves the city, and uh, she's strong. She's not going to get pushed over and. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I hope I hope February 8th there's change in Oklahoma City, and I think that's where we start, and uh, and we go from there. You know, I've always believed that um, those that are crazy enough that think they can change the world are the ones that can. Um, and uh, I think I I think there's a day that my calling is is to take a shot, and if that's Congress or Senate, but um, um, I I I, I I think that that's a platform I would like to uh, take a shot at improving. Well, we definitely need some improvements in that area. And uh, if that day ever comes for you, Coach, you definitely got my vote. Yeah, I appreciate that, brother. I really do. I mean that. As we wrap up, um, final moments of the show, I should say, wrapping up the show, uh, Q&A session presented by Storm Check. Are you terrified about what lurks in your storm shelter? Of course, when the tornado sounds, are you ready to uh, be prepared to be in your night, all night in your shelter, I should say. Allow Storm Check and their storm team and their check and their team of military veterans to put your mind at ease with our services. What do they bring to the table? Well, first off, quality service. Satisfaction, you're going to be guaranteed. 
professional clean. They're going to sanitize and deodorize your shelter, fresh water supply, LED installation, and even register with the emergency management. Of course, the first aid kit. Give them a shout. <clears throat> Stormcheck.team. Let them know the Mike from the Area Attack Podcast sent you. Uh, Coach, are you ready to be uh, some questions that uh, really not related to anything, just random questions? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm ready. You got it. What is your go-to food? Uh, my go-to food, like 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 quick. Yes, sir. Man, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I love me some uh, like a bunny sandwich from a Vietnamese. Uh, you know, um, what was it, Mr. Lee's down in Plaston? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'll hit me up a bun me a Vietnamese sandwich with a, with the quickness. I'm sure that's not what people thought I'd say, but <laughs> I love me a Vietnamese bun me sandwich. I ain't gonna lie. When it, uh, how do you stay determined on your life, on your mission in life? How did I stay determined? How do how do, how does Coach George stay determined on his mission in life? Man, I, I think I, I've always, I've never accepted mediocrity, man. Like, I, I believe that mediocrity is a disease, um, and I've never accepted it. Um, so I try to wake up every day and, and, and humble myself and, and make sure that before I, before I go on with my day and I have something to say to somebody else that I check myself and, uh, you know, and just try to move forward and be better every day, man. I, I honestly do. And I, some people think that's a cliche and I just say it and I don't. I honestly try to be better every day and make somebody else better. And uh, some days I fail, some days I don't. But it starts with um, checking yourself. When you are not uh, coaching or spending some time or in theory coaching at QB Impact, when you're not um, handling football, how do you enjoy life? Man, you know, I uh, – um, I have, you know, I, I, I've in the past 18 months, um, you know, I met Shelly and, and we have a blended family and, uh, I, I had two boys and, you know, now I have, uh, now I have two daughters that live in the house and I've become a, a, a girl dad and, uh, and, uh, and, and Shelly also has two sons that live in Nebraska and, uh, and also, uh, um, Lily and and she has a granddaughter named Bo. So you know, man, I, I've I've learned to to love the kids and and my kids and Shelly's kids and 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 our grandchildren and and uh, and Camille in Pennsylvania and and that's what I do, man. It's family. If it's not the military or QB Impact, it's family, man. And I I, I try to try to be better for them. If that makes sense. Hey, I've always told people and even you know coworkers and mainly friends um just because our office is so small we know about their family but i always tell friends and even like jamie who the co-host is hey your your health and your personal life is what comes first you know the show can always be you know you're down the road kind of thing just family first you're obviously your health is first as well and i'm all about family and you can't you're not going to break that from me yeah, and, and I apologize. Uh, you showed me those comments from, from Lane. Uh, I actually didn't rip you up, sorry. Yeah, wow, I appreciate that, yeah. You know, you know, sometimes you don't realize your athletes are listening, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. so, so I appreciate it from Lane. 
Um, I'm going to say <laughs> this one is from Wong. Um, he, you may know what he's talking about. I'm just going to tell you the questions. Maybe you, you may know. Does Coach feel the PC glass is too tall and too thick? <laughs> the PC glass? Yeah, is too tall and too thick. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not exactly sure what Wong's alluding to there, but <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna assume that, uh, that, that he he wants me to be unfiltered and real, and I, I think that's what he's alluding to, and uh, uh, you know, that's what I always am. So. Uh, I'm, I'm going to run with that one. I'm not exactly sure where Wong's alluding to on that. <laughs> he got me too. So, well, I was going to save that one for last. I believe that was. Yeah, I was going to save that one for last. I'm like, I don't know what he's referring to, and I really don't know how to start this conversation. If there's even a way to start the conversation, except for did you happen to have your glass break or something? Maybe. Oh, I, I it's all good though. It's all good. Wong comes up with some good ones, trust me. Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, as we wrap up, Coach, well, first off, I'll, I want to appreciate your time and taking the time I just scared to coming on. And I enjoyed this. And trust me, listeners, when I say that he's a real deal, even this short amount of time, but conversations prior to. And I know one thing, um, the next show, well, the next show for the um, between you and I would definitely be live because – I can uh, sense that you, you got some energy, and I like that. Man, I appreciate that, brother. Honestly, I I I, uh, I appreciate you having me on. I don't I don't take it lightly, man. And uh, and you, you taking your time out and your your podcast to uh, to to have me on is uh, means the world to me. So I appreciate it, man. Well, I appreciate that, and then of course, uh, many people. If you're listening, the podcast will be dropping here in the next three hours. But nonetheless. Um, Politic, politic, what were they called? Uh, political something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what were they called? I know they play, if they're watching, I'm not trying to be rude. I don't know what you guys are called. Um, oh, God, where are they at on Twitter? Uh, they're somewhere. Politic society, politics society. Holy crap. Politics society. <laughs> A special uh, Monday episode, same time, same place. Uh, Coach George, oh god, damn. Coach George uh, Wong's gonna be on. Somebody else is gonna be on. Do you know that? Um, but anyway, at <laughs> the political show, this is gonna be interesting. I don't know where that's gonna go. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know where they're at. They're somewhere. But anyway, nonetheless. But no, uh, <laughs> going back to that. Uh, besides that episode, definitely uh, in person. I would love to. I know we're eventually going to meet in person. And unfortunately, the weather kind of portrayed that. Regardless of if I could get that uh, in person happen, but no, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And uh, again, as always, I appreciate your service to this country. And unfortunately, I see a lot of videos, and not a lot of people are grateful and appreciate it. It kind of breaks my heart, but. Um, I know a lot of people still appreciate you regardless though. Oh man. I, yeah. I, uh, I appreciate you saying that. And like I said, uh, um, appreciating me for my service is never warranted, but I'm grateful that we have, 
Americans that 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 do still believe that. And last question, I'm going to ask you on top of my head, and then we'll, how we end it. Will you ever run for governor of Oklahoma? <laughs> uh, no, I, I I'll be honest with you. I, I'll never run for governor of Oklahoma. I I I, uh, I think there's a there's a there's a place for me in in, in Congress or or as in a Senate position, but I, I'm 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 probably not um, I'm probably not not I probably would never run for governor. So, but I I appreciate you you asking me that. Hey, you never know what people's uh, got in their minds, but nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, coach, uh, follow him on Twitter, but please be respectful uh, to him at Coach George Five, and of course, uh, follow the uh, QB Impact at QB Impact on Twitter. But Coach, uh, thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to having you back on for many episodes in the future, near future, down the road, and it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, Mike. Uh, and any anything I can do for you, man, let me know, man. I appreciate you. My pleasure. You're listening to the Air Attack Podcast. Find us on all major podcast platforms, and we're on all social media outlets uh, at Air Raid underscore podcast for Twitter and search Facebook Air Raid Attack Podcast, and along with YouTube. Oklahoma City, stay warm. Um, hopefully, our weekend gets thawed. And coach, have a wonderful rest of your night, and have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, brother. Be good.